We want more of you through the act of preaching and listening. We need you or we will grow in knowledge that puffs up instead of love that builds up others. Father, help us. We're desperate for you. Help us to feed on you. In Jesus' name, amen. The main idea today is that the anointed one brings salvation. Once again, the main idea is the anointed one brings salvation. My two points are, who is the anointed one and how does he bring salvation? The two points are a who, so who does, who is the anointed one and how, how does he bring salvation? Starting with the first point, who is the anointed one in Isaiah chapter 61, verse one. Looking at the passage, who is the me in the passage? Who has the spirit of the Lord and who has the Lord anointed? Who has the Lord sent? My initial impression when I first read this text was thinking that the anointed one here is Isaiah. Yet, when I looked into it more, looking at the context um, of the verse, it doesn't seem like it's Isaiah. Isaiah may be the prophet recording the words, but it seems like he's prophesying of a future one who will one day say these words. It seems like he's quoting someone else who will, when they come, be anointed by the Spirit when the Spirit comes on him. I mean, does that sound like any event in the New Testament that you can think of? Anyone else in the Bible? The Spirit coming on him? The one bringing good news? That's right. If you were thinking about Jesus, I think that Isaiah 61, um, Jesus is speaking these words. And there's two reasons why I think this is the case. I mean, not specifically speaking these words now, but Isaiah is prophesying of Jesus speaking these words. So there's two reasons why I think this is to be the case. Um, first, the, in the surrounding verses, the surrounding verses are all in the future tense. Let me backtrack a little. So, um, sorry, the, Isaiah, so the first reason um, is that in the surrounding verses, Isaiah prophesies on behalf of Yahweh who's speaking. So it would not be out of the ordinary for Isaiah to be a vessel or a mouthpiece for someone else. The second reason, um, the, surrounding text in this, the surrounding text in this verse is future tense, leading me to think that Isaiah is speaking about a future person who will one day be speaking these words. And third, Jesus himself in Luke 4, after the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, he picks up the scroll, he reads this text, Isaiah 61.1, rolls up the scroll, sits down, and everyone's looking at him. And he says, today, as you listen, this, this scripture has been fulfilled. So who is the anointed one in this passage? Jesus is the anointed one, fulfilling the words spoken in Isaiah 61.1. So that's my first point. The second point, so how does the anointed one bring salvation? Jesus brings salvation by bringing good news, by healing, and by proclaiming. Let's think about each one of these. Jesus brings salvation, or brings the good news, to the financially poor. The financially poor throughout the Bible are known as the oppressed, the defenseless, and the neglected. They are at the, at the bottom of the totem pole. Yet Jesus doesn't neglect them. Jesus, the great teacher and great leader, the miracle worker, becomes a friend to the poor. He speaks to them and eats with them. He doesn't oppress them or cast them away, but instead goes to them. He sees them with human dignity and interacts with them. The good news to the financially poor 
isn't that Jesus will give them money, but that Jesus acknowledges their existence. He treats them with dignity. And one day he will return to judge those who oppress them and end all oppression. Jesus brings salvation by giving good news to the financially poor. He also brings salvation by healing the brokenhearted. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 explains the heart of Christ as gentle and lowly. Jesus calls all the brokenhearted to come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I, Jesus, will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. The gentle one, the humble one, the lowly one gives healing to the brokenhearted. In moments of heartbreak, when death snatches your loved ones, in moments where the clouds of darkness do not lift, in moments where anxiety grips onto your soul and refuses to let go, in those moments, Jesus' natural disposition towards you, towards those brokenhearted, is gentleness is love. In moments where you're drained and you feel like you just can't take another step, Jesus, his natural disposition isn't disappointment. Rather, he, rather his desire is to give you rest. He draws near and heals the brokenhearted. He can't help it. Jesus brings salvation by healing the brokenhearted. Another way Jesus brings salvation is by proclaiming. Hear what Spurgeon said about preaching. Such honor does the Lord of heaven and earth put on the ministry of the word, preaching, that, as one of the old Puritans said, God only had one son, and he made him a preacher. Out of the four actions in Isaiah 61, three of them are a ministry of the word. The anointed one brings good news, proclaims liberty, and proclaims freedom. God only had one son, and he made a preacher of him. Jesus pronounces freedom to the prisoners. Isaiah, in chapter 61, was prophesying into the future, for Israel would soon be prisoners and captives of war. Isaiah is giving them hope by speaking of a future anointed one who will proclaim freedom and free them from captivity. Israel is in the midst of captivity and can Israel, in the midst of captivity, can trust and remember that they are not going to be in captivity forever. There is an end date. The anointed one will come and he will set them free. If you're not a Christian today, do you ever feel bound to something that you want to stop doing but just can't? Or do you ever feel like you're being held captive? I have good and bad news for you here today. You need help. I need help. I needed someone to help me with my anger. And if you're feeling trapped today, you need help from someone outside of yourself. There is good news and bad news. You and I have both wronged a holy God, and we need to be saved from what's trapping us. But ultimately, we also need to be saved, and most importantly, we need to be saved from God's anger against wrongdoers. The good news is that Jesus truly God and truly man, came, lived a life without doing any wrong against God. Yet he is punished on our behalf 
suffering death on a cross. And for those who would turn from their wrongdoings and turn to God, Jesus, the perfect one, dies on their behalf. And three days later, rises, showing that God has accepted the sacrifice for our wrongdoings. God now is calling you, if you're not a Christian, to turn from your wrongdoings and turn to God. Now back to the Christians. As people who know themselves to have sinned against God, why has God treated us like a friend and not an enemy? Why does God heal us of our brokenheartedness when we continue to break the hearts of others with our words? Why do we receive a proclamation of freedom and forgiveness? We receive a proclamation of freedom because the anointed one, Jesus, was held captive on the cross and God pronounced judgment on him. We receive healing because Jesus did not receive healing. On the cross, he was brokenhearted when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet God did not heal him so that God could and would heal us, so that God would pronounce us with freedom. Christian, God is calling you to actively wait for Christ's return. Just as Israel waited for the anointed one to come, so we today wait for Christ to come and bring complete healing and freedom. If you're feeling trapped by your sins today, realize that you are no longer a slave to your sin. You are a slave to righteousness. He has bought our freedom, our present freedom. Christ has bought it through the Holy Spirit, and there will be complete freedom when he returns. To Bethany Baptist Church, we are the display of God in Bellflower. God is calling us to display Christ to our neighbors through engaging the financially and spiritually poor through empathizing with the brokenhearted, and through proclaiming freedom to those who are captured by sin and Satan. We are called to give them Jesus, and we are the embodiment of Jesus to them. Just like I was a prisoner to my outbursts of anger and held captive deep in the clouds of depression, God shone in our hearts the light of the knowledge of God's glory through the face of Jesus. We are freed from captivity in the midst of sin that continues to grip us. We are healed in the midst of heartbreak that engulfs us. For Jesus, the anointed one, came and will come again. And one of the great ones, Paul Lee, help Ross with the table. Bring it back, please. Thanks, brother. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word and the hearing of his word. According to Matthew 26, we read here about the Lord's Supper. That Ross was talking about Jesus sacrificing himself for us, taking our place, not being relieved of his brokenheartedness, but being damned to the fullest extent so that we can be freed. Praise God. 
Jesus said, Jesus, um, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to take the Lord's Supper this evening to remember Christ, to feast on Christ here in our presence, both here and now with him by faith. And so let's pray and ask God's grace so that we might receive this by faith. Father, we thank you that Christ gave his body for us and shed his blood for us for the permanent covenant we read from Isaiah 61.